Welcome to Double Deuces. That is episode 22 of the Dealers Compressed Podcast. My name is Paul J. Daly, and I will be your host today as we talk about reputation. And the song you hear is a classic by Joan Jett, who doesn't apparently give a damn about her reputation. I mean, I've never heard a band get so much mileage out of one chord, and they're making it work. It's working. So today we're talking about reputation digital online reputation and let's face it everyone has some sort or just about everyone has some sort of digital presence and therefore you have some level of digital reputation or not even digital reputation reputation if you're a business or an organization you certainly have a reputation online personally and as a business as an organization we need to think about reputation we need to think about the effects of having a good one a bad one and we're going to talk a little bit about that today and I want to start off by talking about the truth. The truth is something that I value very highly when we talk about clarity. Clarity can only really exist in the light of truth. And so it gets really convoluted when it comes to reputation because what is the truth when it comes to reputation? What's the truth? If you can read through a string of reviews or comments or feedback, you're going to see very different opinions. Some people are haters, some people are fans. So the question, what is the truth, comes up, and the answer is, we don't really know. And when it comes to making decisions based on reputations, you don't really know. So all these things are influencing our minds and influencing our decision-making, so what are we to do about reputation? I'll say this, from a personal standpoint, be the truth. Be the truth about who you are, which means be authentic, which means don't posture, be open about your shortcomings, be open about your flaws, push past the ego and the inflated ego that pushes you to feel like you have to be perfect. That's a struggle. I gotta say, that's a struggle for me because we want people to like us, we want people to be happy with us, at least I can speak, I want people to like me. I don't know, is that common? Is it uncommon? It's just me. I'm trying to be honest. So start by being authentic. Have integrity. You know, lots of people say they have integrity or integrity is a value of theirs or their organization. And integrity is basically just doing what you say you're going to do. Is basically being the same person, whether you're at home or you're at work or you're on a, a video or you're off camera. And it's the the ever never-ending effort to be that same person and there's a lot of freedom in being the same person so it starts with integrity and then the next thing is being consistent in that integrity so consistency is basically being predictable in your integrity so that when a situation comes upon me you already kind of know how I'm gonna respond because you know me that in my opinion is what integrity is so I think that for starters on a personal level we should all work towards being the same person in all situations to the point when a situation comes up that we're going to be predictable in our integrity. And I do believe that if you are consistent to that definition of consistency, which is being predictable in your integrity, if you can execute to that, that's a sign of huge trust. It's a sign of huge integrity that makes a leader, that makes a great friend, that makes a great spouse, great parenting. So that really does apply across the board. So we're going to start there, start with talking about reputation and integrity and being the same person. And now we're going to segue into 
What does that mean for us who have to execute in this digital world, whether it's brand building, whether it's building an organization, whether it's building a personal brand, promoting a not-for-profit or something that we truly believe in? What does that mean? Today we hear personal brand, organizational brand, brand management, branding, employment brand, right? Brand, brand, brand. And brand is just the word we use now to talk about reputation. It's the same thing. A couple decades ago, we weren't talking as much about brand. Sure, the concept of brand exists. It's brand. It's reputation. And really, the definition of brand or how I always look and talk about brand is how people feel when they interact with you or they interact with your company. Brand is how it makes them feel. Do I feel trusting? Do I feel anxious? Do I feel aggressive? Do I feel calm? When you develop your brand in the way you want to, people are going to feel what it is that you desire them to feel because you've done a good job of communicating your brand and communicating who what you're about. And when that happens, your reputation should follow suit. So from an organizational standpoint, from a brand building standpoint, we're going to talk about some practical things today that we need to pay attention to. Specifically speaking, if we're talking about the automotive industry, things that we need to pay attention to if we're focused on our reputation. As a B2C industry, the automotive industry, B2C, in the community, all of these things that are very high profile, they're in the light, we need to pay a lot of attention to our reputation, a lot of attention to, therefore, our brand. And we have to manage that or else we're going to let everybody else manage it for us. And a lot of the times that has nothing to do with the truth. A lot of the times, let's face it, when we fail, when we fail customers, when we fail our employees, when we fail our teams, fail as leaders, we might deserve the bad reputation. And if you're listening to this podcast or watching this video, it's because you care and it's because you want to change. So you're amongst friends, and I think we can all take a step forward together. I'm going to start off with some statistics. First one, 84% of buyers trust online reviews as much as a personal recommendation. Let that sink in for a second. That means 84% of people will read an online review, and they're going to trust it the same as if their friend said it to them. That's a lot of trust in a stranger's opinion of you. Whether or not it's the truth is irrelevant in that moment. They're making buying decisions based on that person's opinion, which may not even be founded in the truth. When I read that, I read vulnerable. Next statistic, 78% of searches start on Google and business listings. What do they have next to them? They have a review. So if most searches start on Google and Google's displaying a review. And if someone sees that review, 84% of them are going to make a buying decision based on that review as if a friend said it to them. Vulnerable. Third stat, if there are one to three negative reviews, that's going to deter 67% of shoppers from buying a product or service from you. So let's do a quick review. 84% of people trust an online review the same as if a friend said it to them. So the elevated word of mouth, the holy grail of referrals and reputation and brand. Well, guess what? We just transferred that. 84% of people just transferred that to a total stranger who left a review online. Number one. Number two, 78% of searches start on Google, which display brand reviews and consumer reviews. Number two. And now number three, between one and three negative reviews will deter 60% of people from buying 
your product or your service. Let's get back to the vulnerability of brand and the vulnerability of a bad reputation online. What this means is that organizations, car dealers, individuals, salespeople, people that work at your dealership, it all works together as a brand representation. It all works together. So what are we to do? Well, we have to get proactive. There are companies that can help do this. Um, I really think proactivity starts with you. So you, who is ever listening to this or watching this, it starts with you and it starts right now. We're going to tie this in. What generates a review? What what causes somebody to say, yes, I will, I will write a review, right? We know it's generated from a customer. More specifically, it's generated from a customer's experience. So we talk a lot about customer experience in the industry and retail in general. A review is generated by a customer experience, not necessarily a customer. Yes, a customer is the one that put, you know, places the review, but the review is generated based on an experience. And what do you think happens if they have a bad experience? Are they more or less likely to talk about it and review you online? A lot more likely. If they have a great experience, how likely are they to take the time to find a review site or find, you know, how much effort are they willing to put in to give you a good review? a whole lot less than if they had a bad experience. And we know this. I used to work in the restaurant industry back in the day. And back in the day, they would tell us if someone has a bad experience, they're going to tell six friends. If someone has a good experience, they might tell one. I, I just had an, uh, an example of this in my personal life. So my wife loves Pottery Barn's products. So every time we walk through the mall, especially during the holidays for some reason, she wants to walk through Pottery Barn and look at the stuff. So that's great. We've bought some stuff, you know, some little stuff from the store, and we've never shopped online for Pottery Barn, but they have, in my mind, in my wife's mind, a great reputation, a reputation for quality, a reputation for kind of knowing how to put a room together, um, for just kind of being trendy, but still kind of classic. So have some timeless stuff. And so that was that was the reputation that they had with us, with the Daily family. Now, recently, um, we bought something from them online. It was a, a piece of outdoor furniture. And we ordered it online, and we kind of had a rough experience with the website. The descriptions were kind of weird. The cushions that went with the bench was they, they wasn't obvious what size you needed to buy. And we were both like, wow, that was kind of, I'm surprised that, you know, that was such a bad experience, or at least not, okay, I won't say bad. That was such an unexpected experience on their website, because up until now, their reputation had been having things put together and having quality. So then the story progressed. We didn't know, and it wasn't clear until you hit the order button, how long it was going to take to get the items. Okay, well, that's kind of annoying, especially because if we knew it was going to take four to six weeks, we might not have bought it from there because we needed the furniture for an event. Okay, that's an, another. They just went down another knot. And then the next thing that happened was it was late with no communication. And then the next thing that happened was they didn't send enough pieces. The whole system didn't even work together. Like the benches didn't go together. There weren't enough of certain pieces and there were too many of others. And then we called customer service, obviously frustrated at this point. And we called customer service and the person didn't seem like they even knew what was going on, like with customer service, not like with our order, but like in general. We ended up talking to another person because we kind of gave up on that and we called back a little later. And that person also was not very sharp on the phone. And But we were able to figure out that the descriptions on on the website didn't even make sense according to the picture and what was sent. It just wasn't adding up. So then finally, I said, okay, let me call. I called one evening and I spent two hours on the phone with customer service and they verified like what's on the website does not at all match what's supposed to be sent. Um, that's why the order is wrong. So 
a big hassle. Big hassle. I mean, at this point, we had hours involved in a company that had an amazing reputation with us going into it. Now their reputation is like, I'll never shop online with them again. And on top of that, I'm telling you about it now on the podcast. If I had a great experience with Pottery Barn's online shopping and they were able to fix my problems and have some empathy and do all that, do you think I'd be telling you about it right now? No, because you could care less about my shopping experience online, buying a piece of outdoor furniture. But that's just a real life example of, yeah, and I hope they see it. I hope they fix it and I hope they work on it. I'm sure they're going to do something to work on it um, because I'm sure I'm not the only person that's having an issue. All of that long-winded story to tell you that's how quickly and that's how easily a bad experience is going to filter its way to the top. And if I had a good experience, I wouldn't have taken any time out of my day to tell you about it. So when we're talking about dealers, we're talking about the car industry specifically right now, you have at-bats to have a good experience every day. You have a lot more at-bats in your service department and in your body shop and your parts department than you do in your sales department just because of the nature of the volume of transactions that happen. Therefore, you know that people that have a bad experience are going to review you without you giving them any prompting. They're going to be enthusiastic about reviewing a negative experience. So number one, you need to respond to those comments publicly, quickly, empathetically, and you need to get it fixed. Active. The second and Probably the harder part is to encourage people that had a good experience, give them an easy path to leave you a good review. Because as the balance starts to shift from good reviews to bad reviews, you might have a thousand happy customers. Out of that thousand, maybe 10 of them left a good review. You might have a hundred unhappy customers or even a customer that had maybe a little issue that was easily resolved and 50 of them might have left a review, half of them. So now you have 10 good reviews to 50 bad reviews. And the truth of the situation is you have a thousand happy customers and only a few that had an unresolvable issue. If you're not paying attention to this, you need to be because absolutely it is hurting you. And there are companies that help with this. This is not sponsored, but one product that I saw that worked really well in this was a a product, a company called Podium, and they made it really easy uh, for me to leave a review, for other customers to leave a review. So there are people out there to help with this. And if not, you can really do it. Our wheel shop, uh, Rim Doctor, we just started asking at every transaction, every sale, every retail customer that came in, we say, hey, would you mind giving us a review? And guess what? The reviews went through the roof right away. So that that's kind of the customer experience. That is what your brand is. That is what your reputation is. That's how it develops. And I want to segue here a second to talk about your team. And I want every CFO who might be listening, um, general managers will be interested, owners, but CFOs specifically, I want you to lean in a little bit, okay? Because this affects the bottom line in a way that you currently aren't even measuring. So we hear people talk about employment brand and company culture, and we'll take that back to think reputation. What is your reputation as an employer? And this directly affects the customer experience because it directly affects how the people on your team treat your customers and also what type of talent you can bring into the fold. So did you know that nine out of 10 millennials would take a pay, CFOs lean in, take a pay cut for a company that had a better culture? Yes. And also, there are lots of studies that point to the fact that a better company culture, big surprise here, increases your retention rate. We know in the auto industry, we're historically bad at this, and reputation has a lot to do with it. 
as an industry, reputation has something to do with it on a local level. And the good news is that you as the dealer, as the general manager, as the leaders of the company, even as the team, the employees have control over your reputation. It starts with actually caring and showing everyone that you care, but that isn't enough because lots of people care and still have a bad reputation. Remember, we're fighting back the stigma of salespeople. We're fighting back the stigma of car salespeople, which isn't so great. And we have to fight back from those things. And we're fighting back the stigma of like commission-based business, long hours. And we know the reality is in a lot of cases, that's not how it is anymore. And dealers have done a really good job starting to pivot in the right direction. So a good employment brand and a good friend, Adam Robinson at Hierology, they're talking a lot more about this these days because they see it making a difference and the data shows that it makes a big difference. A strong employment brand, a strong employment reputation means that you retain great people, attract great great people. And these great people, big surprise coming. They treat your customers better. They're excited to be there. And then the customer, big surprise coming, has a better experience. And the experience is what generates the review, which is what generates the positive reputation. So that is kind of, maybe that's even more important than a lot of the other stuff is focusing on that first. You get to decide because you know where you are as a dealer, as an organization, as a company. And I'm not trying to tell you where to start. I'm just trying to say, these are the things that are important to pay attention to so you can pick one and start swinging the axe. Um, Let's see. So we talked about the customer experience. We talked about your employment brand. I just want to hit on one more thing and that's your product. Your product is not only the vehicles you sell. Your product is how you deliver it. Your product and service is the experience of coming through. The product is going to generate a reputation, but the truth is a lot of car companies have great products and even like a Ford dealer and a Toyota dealership, they're still selling Hondas on the used car lot. So let's just say everybody has a very similar, if not the same product in a lot of cases, but the product is, I put it third on the list, third on the list for auto dealers. Number one, I'm saying you got to pay attention to that customer experience because that's what drives the review. Number two, I'm saying you have to pay attention to the team because those brand ambassadors are the ones that are going to generate the great customer experience and be the champions of it. Number three, it's your product. You have to have a good product. I think that's kind of business 101. You're going to have unhappy customers if your product sucks. So all that to say, pay attention to reputation. Brand and reputation is important. You can't communicate a great brand unless you first articulate what your brand is. You can't uphold a certain reputation unless you first make the time investment, the financial investment in defining Unless you make the time investment and the financial investment in defining what you want your reputation to be, what you want your brand to be about. Only after you do that can you actually move toward it. And once you can move toward it, you can start to pay attention to our customers getting the truth about what you want your reputation to be. And are they communicating that? So Joan Jett, what does she think about her reputation? She doesn't care. I have a feeling you care a lot more. I care a lot more. I think as a group of industry professionals, as people who want to be better, as people who want a good reputation, by all definitions, we can be better. I hope this podcast helps get you off the couch or get you uh, to change your thinking a little bit so we can take a step forward in that. My name is Paul J. Daly. Thank you for listening. I value your attention. If there's anything we can do to help you move the ball forward, please let me know. Follow the links. Send me an email. I would love to help. Thank you. Have a great week.